Hello Rebels, you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. Tonight my guest is Corey Morgan of the Western Standard, and we are talking about a bunch of things, including the calls from Calgary City Council to defund the police, the potential of a GST being floated here in Alberta, as Corey describes it, that's blasphemy, and the fact that the supply management system here in Canada might not be all that great for animal welfare if you care about that kind of thing. Now, if you like listening to the show, then I promise you're going to love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, which I definitely think is worth the price of admission. But you also get access to David Menzies' Fun Friday Night Show, Rebel Roundup, and Ezra Levant's nightly Ezra Levant Show. It's only 8 bucks a month to subscribe that's like only four cups of coffee just go to rebelnews.com slash subscribe to join today and if you like the show and I'm relatively confident that you do can I suggest you do one other thing please give the show a five-star review wherever you find us that's a great way for other people to find us too and now please enjoy this free audio only version of my show Is supply management detrimental to animal welfare? It's an interesting argument. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed and you're watching The Gun Show. One of the few remaining places in the world where we still have supply managed milk. Now we do also have supply managed other things too, like poultry and eggs. And we know that while supply management does protect the wholesale price to the farmer, it also artificially inflates the price to the consumer of the most basic foodstuffs. And it limits choice. And it also limits the ability of new farmers to get into the game. But does it do something else? Does it, in some instances, end up being bad for animals? Then Calgary City Council has voted to defund the police by $20 million at the urging of a small handful of radical activists. What could possibly go wrong? And still in Calgary, left-wing Mayor Nahid Nenshi has asked... Justin Trudeau to help him get access to multi-generational quarantine facilities. And still in Alberta, are we getting a PST? There's a lot to talk about. My guest tonight is Corey Morgan. He's a columnist for the Western Standard Online and he joins me in an interview we recorded yesterday afternoon. Now from the Western Standard offices in Calgary is Corey Morgan. Corey's a columnist with Western Standard and he's also 
the podcast editor. Corey, thanks for joining me. Um, there's so much to talk about in Calgary news. Um, but before we get into that, I wanted to talk to you about the swipe that you took at the, I guess, it's one of those things that you can't talk about in Canadian conservatism um, and really get elected <laughs> at all. And that's supply management. And you have a great article that I really appreciate um, saying that Canada's Soviet-style supply management system encourages inhumane factory farms. Why don't you give us the premise of your article? Uh, sure. Like I, I've always been outspoken about supply management just on the economic, economic case of it because Soviet style is the, the, the best term to describe supply management. I mean, the government issues quotas will only allow you to produce a certain amount. Uh, my wife grew up on a dairy farm where they had a cream quota and literally they'd pour milk in the ditch afterwards because it was illegal for them to sell it. They could only sell the cream. Like It's just absurd and ridiculous and, and just about every country has gotten out of it. But the left seems to stay silent on that. They, they like large government controlling uh, uh, policies. But perhaps, you know, going into the animal welfare aspect of it, because that's a valid case as well that nobody really talks about. Supply management really, you know, pushes to have larger commercial operations, great big ones that have bought those quotas up and, and they're doing uh, production on economies of scale. I mean, I'm a capitalist. I understand it. You're keeping your expenses down. You're getting a cheaper product out to market. You're going to sell more of it. And I'm not even talking about banning that kind of production. But people like to see alternatives sprouting, but they're more expensive and they can't get quotas. And and I use that premise just because this year, like a lot of uh, people, we've gotten into new hobbies and almost a bit of survivalism. I live on a small acreage. We thought we'd get a little more independent. So we built a chicken coop and brought in a bunch of chickens. And it's been fun. They leave more eggs than we could ever imagine consuming. So we just put a, a thing out on you know social media saying, hey, we've got a bunch of excess free-range eggs. You know, who, who wants to buy some? And boy, we were sold out in, in a heartbeat. And, and we've got regular people grabbing those. And a lot of the premise is it, it's, it's not a matter of, I mean, they, they taste great. They're fresh. That's part of it. Part of it is people feel more comfortable knowing that these birds at least are raising in a humane environment, they're living as good a chicken life as a chicken could. They get to hop around the yard and chase bugs and, and stretch their wings out and, and do chicken things. I mean, I don't have them named. I, I don't cuddle them to sleep <laughs> at night or anything. They're birds that produce eggs. But I do feel better knowing that at least, you know, I think our responsibility as as people who eat meat is to at least humanely raise what we're going to consume. Now, supply management makes it illegal to own more than 300 chickens. Uh, for, for purposes of laying in, in Alberta, in some provinces, I believe it's down to 100. Then that's just a yeah. purposeful way to make sure that it's absolutely impossible, though, for a cottage industry to start up to provide these kind of free range things. If a person had a quarter section wanted to raise a few thousand birds and, and have them range around, it could be done. And the demand is there. I mean, I've seen that. Yeah. But they'll never get a quota. There's no way that those, those large producers jealously guard those and the government protects them. So I wanted to make that case, just one more facet for people to put pressure to the government, put conservatives and liberals alike who are just terrified of the Quebec dairy cartels, to say, let's get rid of this odious system and allow more diverse production for the sake of the animals then, if not just for the sake of your wallet, because we pay a lot for the supply managed goods too. Yeah, and I think it, it stifles um, diversity in the marketplace. We see this all the time with cheese. Um, 
you know, when you see the cheese offerings from other countries compared to the government-controlled cheese we have here in Canada, not only is our cheese sort of boring, and this is not an attack on the industry, I mean, they're trying to make, um, you know, they're trying to make profit with what they've got, um, but our, our choices are boring and, um, you know, there, there could be so much more done if the government and this expensive quota system got out of the way of small startup entrepreneurs. Oh, absolutely. Not to mention the price. Uh, yeah. It was an embarrassment a few years ago. Uh, they, they talk about a purely Canadian story. I don't know if many people caught it, but there was actually a cheese smuggling ring that got broken up over, I believe it was Quebec or Ontario. Yeah. But Big Cheese was, was buying up cheese and sneaking it across the border to supply uh, restaurants and pizzerias. And actually, as a person who owned a pub that sold pizza, uh, I was, and it was small, I was spending thousands a month on cheese and, and those big restaurants, they actually created a black cheese market, which is just absurd. But that's what this system has done. It, it's ridiculous. And, uh, you know, aside from the lack of variety, I mean, even some liberals have come out. Uh, I, I, boy, I shouldn't forget her name, but she was a liberal leadership candidate federally. And she's done a great deal of writing against supply management. I think she's with the Canada West Foundation now. I'm just brain farting on her name. But it, it, it's a terrible policy. It just is. And it just doesn't hit the news enough. And the politicians are terrified of taking it on. Well, yeah. And, and it makes those staples, those dietary staples, so much more expensive for the people on the lower socioeconomic spectrum. And, you know, there are a lot of people, for example, in the lower mainland of BC who'd probably be more inclined, since they are that sort of people there, to stay a little bit closer to home, buy milk from the local guy. Instead, they fled across the border and clean out the Costco down there because milk is just cheaper there. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's stripping um, entrepreneurs right out of the marketplace. Absolutely. And, and again, it shows if the demand is there strong enough, people will find a way, whether it's if they're lucky enough to live close enough to a border to get it, they'll yeah. go get it. Or even literally the mafia will smuggle cheese if if there's good enough margin in it. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought I'd take another approach to it because there's just so many arguments against supply management. But the, the, the production aspect of it is one. I mean, in modern chicken facilities, those birds live their entire life in a small cage. They've changed it now. They used to call them battery cages yeah. where the bird was actually on something about a square foot. And now they said, okay, we're going to end that. It's grandfather, though. Any place that had them before still has them. Yep. But now they have to be able to allow to spread their wings. So now they've got about two square feet to live in for their entire life. Uh, again, I'm not talking about banning that and things like that, but I'd feel better buying things knowing the bird's been running around a bit. You know, same with pork and some other options. But we got to get government out of the way. There's producers willing to do it. There's consumers willing to buy it. Why aren't you letting us? Yeah, I'm, I am by no means an animal rights activist, but I thought this was a phenomenal way of, I guess, taking some of the ethical oil arguments and placing it on top of supply management to make the case that there are just better ways or different ways of being a producer. And again, get the government out of the way and the, let, the, let the consumer decide. If there is no market for this and if everybody likes supply management, then this will fail but give people the ability to find out. And I'm not against people finding things out the hard way. Oh, and, and I, I wouldn't want to shame people who still get the, the lower priced regular, because those would remain. And, and you yes, know, person on a budget, hey, if you got a family to feed, you know, get, get yep. those, those eggs or, or chicken and so on. But, but there's a lot of people willing to pay a premium. Yep, yep.
yeah, like everything. I mean, if we're if we're fine with you know um, fair trade coffee, then you know, and there's a niche market for that, then why isn't there a niche market for all other ways of getting our food? Um, I wanted to talk to you about something else. Um, and, and I didn't suggest it to you when I was sort of setting up the interview with you, but it sort of popped on my radar um, since. And it is this idea that Finance Minister Taves here in Alberta, Travis Taves, he has not ruled out the prospect of a PST um, to dig us out of this financial hole caused by the pandemic and lack of market access for Alberta oil and gas I don't think this is going to sit well, and I think it's already not sitting well with the conservative base. Um, this is something that Rachel Notley would propose and conservatives would lose their mind over. But we're not hearing a lot of anger from true blue Tories over this. And I think it's simply tribalism. Yeah, well, and I I, I interviewed Jason Kenny last week for a podcast, actually, and I yeah. wish this had come up prior to it because that would have been a question I would have loved to have tossed to him at the time, but I, I didn't figure it was on the table. And a half hour goes pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, you know, as we know, sales tax is blasphemy in Alberta. I mean, at least among the conservative base. I mean, that's just, you just don't go there. And it, they keep dipping into it. it. You know, every government seems to at least test the waters for it. I mean, if you listen to a number of economists, conservative and non-conservative alike, they'll say that consumption taxes are an efficient way to go and they're a better way to tax. And I don't think that is so much of the issue. The thing is, we don't trust the bloody government. I mean, if right. it's just one more tax, it's not helping the, us on the ground any. It's just taxing us further. If you guys, if we trusted you to make it revenue neutral like you like claiming, then we could perhaps accept that. If you got rid of provincial income tax and then replaced it with a sales tax, that might be palatable, but they don't look at it that way. They're just looking at one more way to get us, and that's not good. And and uh, these tax ourselves into prosperity people, you know, always seem to neglect to look at that's money taken out of the economy. I mean, it's not money generated or created; it's taken from somebody. So that that pool is is finite, and we're going broke already. You raise our cost of living, we consume less, people get laid off. It has a consequence. Uh, but yeah, to, to hear that being floated by the finance minister is distressing because they know darn well how Albertans typically react to a sales tax concept, uh, yet, yet they're still trying to put it out there. And uh, yeah, as you said, with some tribalism, some conservatives were afraid to speak up on it perhaps, but I'd like to hear more. I mean, they're in a budgetary crisis, but we're not going to be able to tax our way out of it. We need to see some, some serious spending cuts. Yeah, I have some pretty serious concerns with this in that... Uh, part of the beauty of Alberta, I guess, is that we have this tax structure that is attractive to people who want to live and work here and start businesses here. And really, what sets us apart in the country is that we don't have a PST or an HST. Um, so to propose this, I mean, it acts as a scarecrow for business investment and for people who want to come here and work in those new businesses. Um, and, and secondarily, it, it makes me wonder, you know, are they, they, the conservatives, are they fine with this because they expect us to be fine with it because, well, at least they aren't the NDP. And that's the sense that I'm getting here. Uh, some of that is going on. And, and, uh, 
part of the problem with, and again, I, I talked to Kenny about that last week. I was glad to get the chance to talk to him because he's getting no questions from the right. When you go in the legislature, it's a two-party system right now. So question yeah. period is all notly, all tax more, yeah. tax more, spend more, spend more. They don't have a voice in there that used to be like the old Wild Rose or even like reform federally that at least is giving some balance and pressuring the leadership to say, well, wait a minute, there's other ways to deal with our fiscal crisis and they don't necessarily involve taxing everybody more it involves spending cuts and they're not getting that voice right now and of course you look at twitter and it's, it's just a, a yeah. barrage cesspool that's been taken over by the left I, I almost wonder in their political bubbles if they're forgetting what their their, their roots are sometimes because all they hear is just that that blast from one end of the spectrum and uh it, it's disturbing yeah that's an interesting point it and i think that happens with all conservative parties is and I think maybe, I suppose I try to act as that, and I'm sure you guys try to do that over at the Western Standard also, that all the forces are pulling our conservative parties to the left. The media, the Twitter activists, the opposition parties, federally it would be the party in power. Everything is pulling them to the left, and there needs to be something on the right that acts as that gut check that reminds them, no, 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 this is actually the conservative position on this. And the position you're taking is the let's try to make CBC happy position. Um, and yeah, so maybe there is some of that, that they end up caught up in this, you know, Twitter media bubble, and they don't really remember what the conservative position is. So um, I suppose that falls on us, doesn't it, <laughs> to, do, to do the work of reminding them. The, the unofficial opposition, I guess you could say. And uh, one of the things you'd floated in that same sense is, is City Hall. I just thought you, you mentioned defunding mm -hmm. the police. Uh, yes, that was a, a stunt that came in, in Calgary. They did defund the police. They put the vote through. The usual suspects pushed it. Yeah. Uh, there's a, an even worse bubble because they don't have a, an opposition there to hold them to account. Uh, they seem to listen to nothing but a, a slanted city administration when it comes to things. And again, a media and social media that has a hard left slant. So trying to hold those clowns to account is, is very difficult, uh, particularly with Mayor Nenshi uh, leading the pack there. And, you know, you see them when they've got some backlash on it, but they say, no, we, we didn't defund them. We reallocated. Mm. Oh, kiss my ass. Come on. It, you took the money out of their budget. That's defunding. That's it. There, there's no other way to polish that. That's what you did. Wherever else you put the money doesn't really matter. I mean, if, they, if they'd use it on the context of generally trying to get the budget in balance and they were cutting all over the place, I, I could accept that. But no, this was pandering to Black Lives Matter. This was pandering to those extremist activist groups that have the ear of these politicians. And, and uh, they, again, nobody critiques them aside from people like us. Uh, so I think that the, the people in, in positions of power and elected authority forget the, the realities out there rather than, you know, the, the, what they're hearing. Yeah, that That is a really excellent point to make because, to be clear, the city of Calgary took $20 million out of the city policing budget and they're giving it to social agencies, whatever that means. Well, when you need a cop, I'm sorry, you're going to have to call a social worker now. And they really didn't put this to the people. You do point out that there really isn't much of a conservative opposition on Calgary City Council. That's true. I think there's two strong conservatives on the entire council. There's not much that they can do. They're loud. They're noisy. They're prickly. They're doing everything they can, but they don't hold any real power any more than any other lone city councillor. Um, 
And this was entirely motivated by a handful of obnoxious, loud Black Lives Matters activists concerned about a problem that is taking place in some places in the United States. None of this had anything to do with the Calgary police, but somehow the Calgary police are paying a $20 million, um, they're paying the $20 million cost of this activism, and it's just going to serve to make the citizens of Calgary less safe. And the citizens of Calgary, I would suspect, probably didn't want this. I don't know if there was any sort of survey that was put to the public as a whole about any of this. Oh, and, and there has been actually some internal city surveys that were done recently, and it was shown that the vast majority of the city wanted police funding to stay where it was. Actually, there was some of that done, but they disregarded it. They don't seem to look at their own data. And I really wonder what kind of bubble they live in. I, I watched uh, Shane Keating, for people who are familiar with Calgary councillors anyways, who, who was the one saying, oh, we didn't defund, we reallocated. Yeah, whatever. Okay, you're BSing. And yeah. Ward Sutherland is another creature in there uh, going on saying he was expressing shock because, of course, the police commission said, well, they're hiring freezing because they don't have the money for it. He was shocked that they're going to do that. I didn't expect them to do that. Well, what did you think they were going to do, you clown? You took their money away. I mean, they, they can only write so many speeding tickets. But these guys yeah. are just they're, they're blind. You know, that, you know, that is, is also, also probably, probably the, the unintended consequence in all of this is that, is that you're, you're going, going to see police, police try, try to, make to make up, up that difference on their, their own. own. <laughs> through, through speeding, speeding tickets, tickets and other, other fine, fine enforcement um, because, because they do they, do. they, they still, still have, have work to do, to do. And, and, and and they have, they have to, to raise money, money somehow, somehow. Um, I, I, wanted I wanted to ask, to ask you, you this, this just, just sort of came, came out, out over the last, last 24 hours, hours. Nenshi Mayor Nahid Nenshi is, is calling, calling for multi-generational Quarantine and, and special isolation facilities for Calgary families. Multi-generational. Whatever you think about COVID-19, it's not a multi-generational problem. It's an old people problem. And so I'm not sure why we need to lock up entire families, three generations of them, and why Mary Nenshi wants... Justin, Justin Trudeau, Trudeau to provide these things, things to, him to him because, because it's, it's pretty, pretty clear, clear. He's, he's angry that, that Jason Kenney Kenny isn't, isn't cracking down, down hard, hard enough, enough or locking, locking down, down Albertans fast, fast enough for his, his life. So now, so now he's, he's just, just gone, gone around, around Premier Kenny and, and reached out to Justin, Justin Trudeau. Trudeau. This is pure politics at its ugliest. Yeah. Uh, Nenshi is in a great deal of trouble. He's polling terribly. The, the shine has worn off in election year. There's a very good chance, and he's all Pride. There's a very good chance he's going to be voted out next year, and it, assuming he runs again. And I mean, he's kind of in a rock and a hard place. If he announces he's not going to run again, people like me are going to tease, oh, so Farkas scared you away. Okay, good. Good riddance. So. <laughs> and, and if he does run again and actually loses, of course, that would just brutalize him. I feel if Kenny had done like Ford and done a heavy crackdown and locked Alberta down, would be out there as the champion for small business talking about how evil Kenny is destroying businesses out here. He's going to yeah. take whatever side can position him as the great defender against the great conservative provincial government. Then uh, she's been talking directly to Trudeau. He was at a meeting with him recently. I'm almost wondering too if he's looking to negotiate his soft landing if he leaves the mayoral chair, perhaps a, a Senate appointment or uh, even an ambassadorship or something. But it's just politics 
And when it comes to something that really is a, a pandemic that's harming and scaring people economically and physically, some people are still being killed by this bug, uh, is repugnant. And that's all that she's doing is playing pure politics. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's gross. I just it. I can't even believe that. I mean, and he did it on CTV's question period. So he told the nation that he wants Justin Trudeau to provide uh, multi-generational quarantine facilities. There have been, I think the numbers are from yesterday, roughly 407 deaths from the virus. The majority of those are over the age of 80. Um, so yeah, it's a virus that kills the dying. Yeah, it kills the dying. You die with it, usually not of it. And, uh, you know, th this idea that he needs the federal government to allow him to lock up entire families, it's atrocious. It's vulgar. Yeah. Now, it I want to... that attitude. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. No, I was just going <laughs> to... I was just going to wrap it up. I was just going to say, uh, Corey, it's been fun. It's been a fast 20 minutes or so with you. Um, I want to give you a chance to let all of my Rebel viewers know where they can find you over at the Western Standard and support the work that you do over there. Great. Yeah, well, there's the westernstandardonline.com. That's our uh, uh, digital presence. We do, you know, video stories, much like... Uh rebel and of course for more of my direct uh, ranting and raving comes at coreymorgan.com and uh, yeah we cover western issues from a conservative perspective that uh, as we both agree needs to be put out there as much as possible and you guys also have a podcast platform uh i do actually yeah, yeah. so it's it's a called Core's Notes with the apostrophe and we're developing the, the podcast we're doing more video with western standard there is podcasts there so to listen to download and, and listen to one of our video productions they can do so and uh, we're still expanding wonderful um there's a real deficit <laughs> on the right um as far as news delivery and news coverage and commentary here in canada you know i look at the united states and see just how many small startups and and conservative companies are making a go of it in the media landscape and there's what four of us five of us here here in this country it's getting there though you know they're springing up and and the the media is changing and i'm really actually looking a little enthusiastically forward to that uh seeing a you know post-millennia and true north and and uh rebel and, and such i mean we're, we're filling that gap the mainstream media doesn't know how to stop us so it's wonderful to watch it is until justin trudeau tries to stop us with his internet censorship laws that are barreling at us but i suppose we'll cross that bridge when we get to it uh Corey, on that on that frightening note um thank you so much for coming on the show and uh we'll have you back on again very soon i think it was far too long in between appearances with you great it's always a pleasure you know with regard to the idea that a pst is being floated here in alberta i'm old enough to remember when conservatives were outraged, when they absolutely flipped their lids that the NDP installed a tax on everything that the NDP never campaigned on. That was a consumption tax, a carbon tax. It was a PST by another name. Jason Kenney's government here in Alberta never campaigned on a PST. And I am sure they will face the wrath of angry conservatives should they try to bring one in. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
We'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.